We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Steve Perch, joined as always by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher. Guys, it's the Wild Card edition, the playoff edition. Oh my God, I can't believe we get to say those words in the season, like. What a roller coaster it's been. Uh, we went from thinking that the Packers were world beaters in week one to thinking they were trash for six weeks to thinking they might be able to make the playoffs and losing games they should have won. Back on top, like beating the Bears in week 18, man. This has been so much fun to watch this team. But before we get into it, how's everybody doing? Dusty, how you guys? How you doing down in Kentucky? Doing good. We're not getting hit with all the weather from Wisconsin. I think we've got some of that coming Next week, but doing well overall. And I mean, Steve, they <laughs> I was looking at, you know, kind of looking back at the schedule and what they've done so far this year. They lost to the Raiders before the bye, and then the Broncos after the bye. They were two and four in week seven. I like the fact that they are that they could even sniff the wild card is insane. The fact that they have an actual playoff game this year after that run, they lost four in a row in the middle three, of the season. Three and, yeah, three and six. It's three insane. Six. Just absolutely insane. So yeah, I'm I'm doing great. Um, I've been listening to some some different kind of national people talk about the Packers, and I'm kind of in agreement, which is this feels like house money, dude. Like, I want to beat the Cowboys. I want a good game. Obviously, I want the Packers to win the Super Bowl. They're in the playoffs. But it just feels like, listen, the big question this year, what's Jordan Love? 
I feel like they've got the answer on him. I just just raised some hell in the playoffs, dude. Like I'm I'm so excited about this team, where these receivers and everything are, and going into the playoffs. I'm I could not be more thrilled that they're at in this position. Yeah, I think that all year we've sort of been waiting to see who is Jordan Love, who is this Packers team. And now we know who they are and we're just all super excited and ready to watch it go down in the playoffs. And there is so much promise about the future of this team and and what they can do, especially in the next few years. I mean, if they were able to grow and improve this much just over the course of a season as a unit, think about what they can do with a full offseason together and then building up in camp and all through next season. So it's just really exciting. I mean, I'm sure if you go back and, and listen to our podcast in preseason, I don't think any of us except Schneidman, who said the Packers <laughs> were going to make the playoffs. On Schneidman our had them at what, like 11 and 6? Was yeah, that what he had them at? I think it was 11 yeah. and yeah. And we were all like, love it, but not sure we agree with you. So, you know, the fact that we're here and the Packers are in the playoffs and also not just, I mean, yes, they squeaked in, but they squeaked in trending upward playing really well it's not like you know you see teams like the eagles right now who had a really good first half of the year and now they're just completely falling off at the wrong time so the packers are trending upward everything seems to be going their way jordan love looks like he's just dripping in confidence and i love it it's so exciting it makes you so hopeful and all of this time we've been waiting and there have been so many unknowns of who's jordan love and what the team's going to be and i think now it's pretty clear that this is going to be an exciting season. And then even, I can't believe I'm saying these words, once the season is over, I think the offseason is going to actually be exciting and enjoyable because for the first time in multiple years, we won't be questioning as much or worried about drama. <laughs> It'll just be moving forward and, and looking at how the team can grow. Yeah, and the be, Super Bowl parade's going to be just amazing. Oh, it's going to be epic. Well. It's going to be epic. But no, I mean, um, I was just Sarah. You kind of took the words out of my mouth. I was going to make a joke about how it's going to be so exciting this off season. We're all we're going to see. We're going to see like training videos and workout videos and all stuff. We don't have to worry about our quarterback saying some stupid ass thing on a nationally televised show that's going to get all the national run. Like we don't have to worry about that as Packers fans this this off season, and it's going to be amazing. So Dobbs is going to start to like just talking about vapor trails out of nowhere like no no we were out these chemtrails were out man the only thing i could see the the weird one it could be maybe it's jair maybe he has a weird thing where he's gonna start like go Kyrie and be like oh the flat earth and, and this is uh yeah he's the only he's got that weirdness to him a little bit but uh, the back is back <laughs> there you go a fan real, is fans really happy. real weird with it oh my gosh that was a tremendous video that was just so perfect Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean it's just exciting and the youngest the the coolest thing the youngest team since a merger to make the playoffs um like that in and of itself like the fact that i know there's a bunch of other coaches that are going to get considered over lafleur for coach of the year and gudekun's probably won't win executive of the year but man those those two should both be in the conversation for sure it sucks that the floor is not in the conversation because I, I mean, there's a bunch of good coaching jobs this year. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. LaFleur should have won it in 21. Yeah. But he didn't because there was the whole like, well, is it just Rogers? Is it the floor? Like, yeah. what is it? And now we're getting very clear answers that it's the floor. Like, well, it was a combination of both. Rogers tried sure. some inspired football. LaFleur is a very good coach, has been a co- very good coach for a long time. You kind of wonder if some of that, I, I think he will still have a window. 
I think he. I think there's a missed opportunity. I think he should have won in 21. I think it was 21. Was that Vrabel? Vrabel, I think that won it over him. And it was yeah. like, we don't know yeah. where the separation is. The fact that we see it now. And again, some really like, I think what McVay's done has been incredible. Um, like there's been some very good coaching co- jobs this year. I get it. But it feels like it should be LaFleur as a makeup call for 21 when he should have got it and did. <laughs> yeah. Well, and in that coaching tree, you know, the Washington football coaching tree that they always talk about. Yes, they talk about how all those guys are great and they're super good coaches, but I feel like there's always an asterisk next to LaFleur's name. It's like, oh, well, he had Aaron Rodgers and oh, well, (laughs) and people never really give him as much credit as some of those other guys. And now this is his opportunity and he's taken full advantage to say, hey, you know, I'm cut from the same cloth, too, and I know what the hell I'm doing. And I mean, it's clear that he and Jordan Love have a great relationship. I mean, the hug after the game and just the way that they talk about each other. I think they're they were both probably like we're in this together and we have to figure it out. So let's just put our minds together and do the best we can. And the result has been really fun to watch. Well, the funny thing about too some of the coaching stuff, then we can move on. I'm sorry, but like I know Mike McDaniel's been getting a lot of praise, right, rightfully so, for what he's done, both in the run game, pass game, conceptually, all the motion stuff he's done. A lot of the run game stuff that McDaniel's getting praised for this year, the floor's been doing that since last year. Like a lot of that tight end motion, so you don't have to do a polar. The floor's been doing the same thing. A lot of the same, like the cheat motion, that little like quick out to the same side they're doing with the Tyreek, and uh, look what the Dolphins are doing this year. Packers were doing that week one as well. Like LaFleur has been on the cutting edge, all the quad stuff, the four by one formations. LaFleur was on that pretty much before anyone else is on that. So even from a conceptual standpoint, LaFleur has been on that level. He's been doing that same stuff. But like you said, not not the press necessarily at the other guys. So it, it it sucks. I get it. But I do feel like he I feel like he's going to get his flowers at some point. I just wish it'd be this year, like, oh, love's good. Oh, this offense is good, even while missing a whole bunch of pieces. Like he's he's a tremendous coach, and I think he's really shown that off this year. We're gonna jump into a couple of takeaways from the Bears game. Before I let you guys run and, and say all the super smart stuff that you always do, I'll just throw in my two cents. The one thing that I really loved from this game, like aside from really good play from a lot of these players, but was just the fact like it, you could tell this team is learning and growing continually. Because again, like we talked about it last week, Dusty, of all right, when and you're in. Like like this isn't this isn't like you said, Sarah, squeaking into the playoffs, but. This is you take, have control of your situation and you do what you need to do to win. They had control of the situation when they played the Giants and they did not play well. Now you come in the same kind of situation of, all right, you've got this. If you win this game, you're in the playoffs. And they took control. So to me, that was our growing point for this team, which I really like to see. But Dusty, what did you get to see from the game? Yeah, no, it was awesome. I mean, a lot of the stuff they did, they worked in. Um, I'm writing about it for Cheesehead TV this week, but they've worked in this concept that was a lot of fun. It was one that Reed scored the touchdown on, which is a kind of a variation of a concept they've been running a whole bunch. First time I saw it this, uh, first time I've seen it at all was this year, three times against the Bears this week, with the Packers doing kind of mashing up two of their concepts and making it work together and kind of throwing the Bears in a blender. And that was that innovation was really fun to watch. So that that was awesome. And then young guys showing up, you know, Dobbs. It sucks because that first that it was within a touch out of Dobbs that was just an insane across body throw from love that hit him right in the hands that sucks he didn't catch that the Melton one holy hell that throw that reminded me of there was like a Rogers the Cobb two-point conversion against India a few years ago it's just like just an absolute rocket off the hands like love was love was dealing he looked absolutely incredible 
the line, I mentioned this, I think going into the game, I think I talked about it last week, was that offensive line, like the Bears defense has been playing well against the run. Can they get push? They own the line of scrimmage. Absolutely own the line. So Tucker Craft was doing Tucker Craft stuff. DeGuara was getting in there. The line, even with Zach Tom in and out, were just moving dudes. Like it was, if you look at that week one matchup, I know everyone said it from week one to week 18, those are two entirely different teams, and they are. If you look at week one and what the run game looked like week one to what it looked like this past week, it was so much fun to watch. They're running so much stuff, and they were so successful in just moving guys off the line on a consistent basis. And they just weren't doing that. So that was, I think that was my big takeaway is just. These young guys stepping up. Wicks, Wicks a second touchdown. Like he had a tremendous shake at the top to get free on that to kind of make that safety bite back. Like he he looked incredible. Just these young guys stepping up in that run game. It's been, it was I could go on and on about this game. It was so it was eight points. They didn't punt. I think there was I can't remember how many games there's like however many games in the history of the NFL. Like I can't remember how many of them ended up with a team scoring 17 points and never punting. Like it's and only one turnover. Like it's extremely rare. So they played better than the score showed. Um, but I think them owning the line of scrimmage on the run game was was just very promising in extension of what we've seen uh, coming into this game. I mean, it was awesome. I tweeted out my notes for this game um, and just wrote ha, 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 ha in a bunch of <laughs> capital letters because that's really how it felt to watch. It was, yes, beating the Bears is always wonderful because their team and their fans find a way to just continue to embarrass themselves by making ridiculous public statements. Um, but also... Then the Packers made the playoffs. That was a little cherry on top of of the whole day. Um, and it was just very enjoyable to watch. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you you got all technical, Dusty, but I'll just keep it simple that it was, you know, as someone who is a, a petty sports fan, it's always nice to just beat the Bears and, and not really worry about it and then also know that they couldn't stop you from going to the playoffs even if it was their Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's always fun to see like Big Cat whine and complain about it. Like <laughs> his his podcast was always like this. He's like, it's not fair. He's like, it's just not fair. He's like, they never. He's like, they can't beat the Packers. He's like, it looks like they found another quarterback in Jordan Love. He's like, and we can't find anybody. He's like, in Jordan Love, he if he was a Bear, that would be the best season a Bears quarterback has ever had. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all around good times, <laughs> always fun when the Packers beat the Bears. Guys, there's been uh, a couple of things going down in the NFL now that the uh, regular season officially over. There's some coaches that have been relieved of their duties, and uh, naturally Packers Twitter thinks that everyone is a perfect fit. <laughs> so let's just run down. First off, Arthur Smith is going to be the new uh, – fired from Atlanta should be the new uh, assistant head coach and co-offensive coordinator for the Packers. Then Mike Rabel was let go in Tennessee, and should would he be comfortable coming to Green Bay as a DC? Um, Wink Martindale, I saw as soon as he was let go or resigned, whatever that was from the Giants, that automatically skyrocketed him to number one on multiple people's lists for defensive coordinator. And then Ron Rivera as well should be uh, should be coming to Green Bay. So clearly, we all Packers fans have a good concept of this. But um, Sarah, what do you think? Like. We'll, we'll jump into some of this more, but, you know, what was the gut reactions to these kind of firings right away? Probably going to be some more, but, you know, any takeaways? Yeah, I mean, I'd say some of them were, or most of them weren't surprising. Uh, Vrabel was one that, 
you know, you kind of had a feeling it might happen, but he's such a good coach that you really couldn't believe they, they'd they actually go through with it. And he did, uh, or and they did. And I think it's something to continue to monitor. You know, there's a lot of chatter about, you know, oh, what, what's going to happen with Bill Belichick? And if he leaves New England, you know, everybody pretty much thinks that Vrabel's the shoe in there for the, for the head coaching job. And yeah, there's a lot of people in the Packers sphere that are talking about, you know, would he be interested in, in being a defensive coordinator? I don't think so. I, I think that Vrabel's probably going to be a head coach somewhere else. He's one of the best coaches in the league. He's every year, I think, right up there with Tomlin, one of the guys that all the other players say they want to play for. So uh, I, I think that he's okay, as cool as that would be. I'm just not sure that that would happen and it would be something he's interested in. Um, and then the others, you know, not too surprising. Uh, Smith was funny because... I um it like we were talking before we hit record and the news dropped, you know, literally at 12.01 and it happened when I was asleep and I, I got up, I went to work and then we were talking, oh, you know, uh, Washington let go of Rivera and all this. And then one of my coworkers uh, mentioned Smith and I'm like, what are you talking about? They didn't let him go yet. And he's like, no, it happened in the middle of the night. You must have completely missed it. So uh, definitely an intentional, you know, drop there, but other than that, not too surprising. I think that Vrabel will end up somewhere else. Uh, Rivera, I don't know. I think he just might be done. Um, I could see him maybe going into a little bit of commentary or, or, you know, being an analyst or something. But we'll be curious to just kind of see how it shakes out. I mean, I'll admit, Steve, I had my eye on Wink. Uh, I, Wink Martindale plays the exact – like he calls the exact kind of defense that I want. He seems like a dude – who does had he doesn't want to be head coach? That man only wants to call. He wants to be defensive coordinator. He wants to jam you at the line. He wants to just blitz the ever loving hell out of you. Like it's the exact type of defense that I want in Green Bay. So I, he's a he's a bit of a salty guy. I have no idea how it would fit, but I I love watching his defenses. So Wink could be fun. He said the Vrabel one is funny because the word on Vrabel. None of this is official, but the the word on the street on Vrabel stuff is basically like he he got the former GM fired in ten. Tennessee, so we could have more say over the uh, over the personnel, and then he kind of uh, he he had one direction for the personnel that he wanted to go. The new GM had another direction he wanted to go. They went Vrabel's way, and it bottomed out horribly. And then, like, he still wanted control over it, and they got a or a GM or coach, and they fired him. So I think anyone who kind of won a power struggle then lost a power struggle, he's not taking a DC job under a guy who used to coach underneath him like that. That's not happening. He's a good coach. He'll be a head coach somewhere else. Uh, Smith just Smith seems like a very good offensive mind, but just such a prickly personality. So, and I know him and the floor have a bit of a history. They coach together. I think Smith took Smith took the floor's job as OC in Tennessee when when the floor took this job or took the the Rams job from, or the, he took the Packers job, I guess, from Tennessee. So that I I understand that, but yeah, no, my guy, give me wink. If, plus, if, if we're plus taking he would, one, give me wink. He wouldn't use Aaron Jones. He just, you know, he'd be Aaron Jones is a good decoy factor, and that that's all that they would need him for. None of the they tight ends. Yeah, none that, of the tight ends. <laughs> that, and then they they never use Bijan Robinson. So might as well. Uh, I think that's a a good pass on on Arthur Smith. But yeah, guys, it's it's hard to believe that I'm actually saying this, but the Packers will be playing the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card game this weekend. So as we always do for the Pack a Day podcast, we'll be looking at one thing on offense versus that we'll be looking for um, versus the Dallas defense. So, Sarah, we're going to start with you. Yeah, I mean, this is 
incredible. Obviously, you know, we'll talk about it a little more. We got a question about this, but there is a long history between these two teams, kind of a roller coaster ride. Um, and they're headed to Jerry's world, which is always a treat for us Packers fans. So, you know, Dallas has the fifth best defense in the league, according to ESPN. I mean, it's no secret. They've got some dogs on their team. You know, Michael Parsons, Daron Bland. We There's a lot of names that we could go on and on and name. Um, you know, they just dominated, speaking of Washington, a couple minutes ago, them in the last week of the year. Um, and what they're really known for is pressure, sacking the quarterback, making things difficult for anyone that they match up with really on the line there. And so one thing I'm focused on this week is just protection of Jordan Love. And I think now, you know, we've talked about it before and a little bit already today that Jordan Love's the guy. Um, we, we've seen that he's a guy. He's proven that he is. So we know that he's capable. Now let's protect him and make sure that he can do what he needs to do. Uh, he's able to hit the guys downfield that, you know, are just these young wide receivers that are just popping up left and right. And then also let's carve the way for Aaron Jones and hopefully AJ Dillon is back this week. I'm sure they're going to do everything they can uh, to make sure that he's good to go. Uh, but we've seen that uh, when love is protected and he's able to find the guy, even if he has to make some crazy far vest throw that he's able to find the guy. And when Jones has the gaps to run that, that offense is just running like a well oiled, oiled machine. So it's really going to come down to protection. I think that probably more than any other game this season, Jordan Love's going to get hit or almost get hit just because of the stakes and knowing that everything, you know, is a bit higher. Um, but Curious to just see how they respond and, and throughout, you know, all four quarters uh, maintain that protection. Yeah, for me, um, <clears throat> I did originally have some stuff on on pressure, but uh, I think we we're all going to kind of hit that. So I wanted to look at the run game stuff a little bit because the run game has been tremendous. I don't want to look at all year. I want to look at the past four games of the Packers and Cowboys. So past four games of the Packers. Uh, they're rushing yards before contact. They're 17th. They got 1.1 yards before the contact, which middle of the pack. I think they're tied for 17th, the middle of the pack, which is, you know, fine. They were 32nd through like the first half of the season. They could not get any movement up front. So the fact they've been pushing forward 1.1 yards, so that means before a, before a running back is past the line of scrimmage, before he's contacted, he's not getting hit at the line. He's not getting hit through the line. That's good. You're getting him in space a little bit. You're moving him out there again, 17th. Uh, they're rushing yards after contact. There have been fifth the past four games, 3.3 yards after contact. So you're getting, you're getting some yards through the hole. And then when you get out there, you're making something happen. I mean, obviously a lot of that has been what Aaron Jones has brought to the team. The Cowboys rushing attack, I think by DVOA, they're fifth this year, their rushing defense, but they've fallen off a bit as the season's gone on. They're rushing yards before contact over the past four games. They're 25th. They're giving up 1.5 yards uh, before contact per carry. And then after contact, they're also 17th, 2.8 yards after contact. So they've they've fallen off a bit in terms of their run defense. So right as the Packers are kind of coming up, again, 17th before and then 5th after for the Packers in terms of offensively, they're getting through the line and they're making stuff happen afterwards. And the Cowboys are missing some tackles as well leading to that. If they get Aaron Jones rolling, I, th I don't think – might be wrong on this. I don't think a running back had a carry this past game except for Aaron Jones. I think they had Patrick Taylor out there a couple times. Bo Melton had a couple end arounds, but I think Jones was the dude, the only guy running the ball this past week. I don't know if he's going to do that, but he's obviously had great success in Dallas. And the way these teams are trending on on the run game, that's that's what I'm looking at. He's been making nothing out of something, but then he's also going to find increases and in getting some explosive play. So if the Packers can get that rolling, that makes Jordan Love's job much, much easier with the play action and take some stuff off of his plate and gain some yards there. So I'm run game is kind of my focus going to this one. 
I'd say my focus would be Micah Parsons. Like that dude is an absolute animal, just a beast. And identifying where he is, what he's doing is going to be, you know, foundational for this Packers team if they if they're gonna try to pull this upset I honestly think this is gonna be a higher scoring game than everybody thinks I think this is gonna be a lot more shootout-esque um I think there's gonna be a lot more throwing involved in this one so should be fascinating to watch but I really think that if they can kind of do what they did with uh, Aiden Hutchinson the last time they played Detroit where they had a really good game plan to kind of keep him quelled keep him you know not as involved in the defense um, and really make sure that to limit his impact on the game. I think that could be really effective. And I honestly think that there's a way that the Packers can win this game. So um, super, super excited to see how this all goes down on Sunday. We got some great questions from you guys this week, and uh, we're just going to jump right into them. First one from Parker Eves. You have to choose between the following players to have for the next five years, Jaden Reed or Dontavian Wicks, Carl Brooks or Lucas Van Ness, um, who is the most improved player on offense and defense, and then your favorite food or snack to have on a snow day. So, Sarah, we're going to start with you. Who you want for the future? Oh, this is hard. I wish I could say all of the above. Um, I'm going to go for the first pair, Jaden Reed, um, and I think that's just strictly from production that we've seen, but also production that I think somehow is still there. Uh, this is somebody that I think, you know, when they Packers look at next year is a key piece in building the offense and continuing to be creative on that side of the ball. Um, and he's just really, really, really exciting to watch. So uh, I'm going with Jaden Reed there. And then Carl Brooks or Lucas Van Ness. This is hard. Um, I'm gonna, I lean right now a little towards Carl Brooks, and that's not a knock on Lucas Van Ness. It's just that he's had a great year, and I think he's been doing a lot of freak things, especially the past few weeks. Um, and that's, you know, I've said this time and time again. I feel like anytime we actually do talk about the draft and just you know who they're getting on defense, the Packers need to get people like that on their team. They need these freaks like Rashawn Gary, like Kenny Clark that can just act absolutely wreck a game. And I feel like he has the potential to do that. His pairing with Kenny Clark this year has just been insane. Um, and he's somebody that, you know, as Kenny Clark gets older and maybe, uh, falls off a little bit and there isn't as much production that he can kind of take that over and really own that spot and continue to provide consistency at that position. Um, and then who's the most improved player on offense and defense? Um, I would say on offense, it would be Melton. Uh, he's just come out of nowhere and uh, really, again, now all of a sudden there's an, a new weapon for Jordan Love that I think going into next year will probably continue to be there. Um, and then on defense, I'm going to go with Valentine. He's somebody that leading up to this year, you know, you never kind of knew what's going to happen, especially with Stokes and Alexander. And then with them, both of them being injured throughout various points of the season, he's had to really step up. And I think he's done a pretty good job. Um, so just the progression there has been good to see. And it's somebody that I think in a position where the Packers haven't had consistent play, he's able to been, he's been able to provide some sort of stability. And last question, this was a long one, favorite food or snack to have on a snow day? Well, I cannot say that I've ever experienced a snow day before. Um, you know, I have if I choose to go to the snow, like on a vacation, but I don't think that counts. Um, but 
you know, imagining myself in this scenario and thinking of the few days that it does get pretty cold here and rainy, I would say chilly. I think that's probably a pretty mm. good thing to have when you're stuck inside and it's snowing all day. Steve's nodding with approval. So I feel I do like agree. I do if agree. I have someone who's living in Wisconsin agreeing that it's a good answer, <laughs> I did a pretty good job. Hey, friends. I'm sure you're all familiar with some of the hassles of finding game tickets at a reasonable price without all the headaches that go along with it. I've been on a bit of a roll lately as I went through one ticketing service that never sent me the tickets and I had to panically try to get a hold of somebody the day of the game. I had another service that didn't allow me to transfer tickets. So when I could no longer go to the Wisconsin Iowa game, transferring the tickets was extremely difficult. It was just all so frustrating. That was until I found Game Time. Game Time is so easy to use with a low price guarantee, event cancellation protection, easy to find tickets, and an even easier to use app. Game Time is the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through emails and have those same panicky moments that I did the day of a game. So next time you're buying tickets, make sure you snag them using Game Time, stress-free. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Packaday for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Packaday for $20 off. Oh, and Game Time is also a great way to buy tickets for a holiday gift. Just make sure to use code Packaday. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Pick's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making Prize Picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. From, I, I think for me, I'm also going to take a read. I love what Wix has brought. I love his game. He seems like a guy who could be around for a very long time in terms of what his skill set brings, what he can give. But Reed, like you said, Sarah, he is he kind of looked like a gadget dude, and they will run him on that stuff. But that dude's a legit receiver. Like He will run routes. He's got a great feel for the game. He's got a great feel for coverage. Great feel for, I think, him and Love seem to already be in sync already. So I will go Reed just because he – he is so exciting. He just, it seems like he gets the ball in his hands. You never know what's going to happen. It's, it's just been amazing. He was mad at himself uh, this past week because he didn't get a touchdown on that one play. He's like, I ran out of gas. It was, it was a 58 yarder dude. Like you're <laughs> and 58 yarder that you ran all the way across the field. He probably ran hundred yards in that play. Uh, I will go and for the defense. I'll actually go Lucas Van Ness. I'll take a little difference. Brooks has been amazing. Van Ness, uh, even like his, his peripheral numbers have not been great. Um, in terms of like uh, the pressure stuff and all the stuff that you think will convert eventually. So there's a chance he is, he does not become great, but I think what his, what he gives you 
he's flashed here and there as far as that big kind of pocket crusher guy it seems like a guy who as he gets better as he gets a little more technical he could really explode kind of he's not the same player as gary but kind of what we saw out of gary by year three i wouldn't be shocked if he's one of the better players on this team so i just i just think going forward van ness could be incredible not to take anything away from brooks who's been insane uh most improved player offensive defense i'm gonna talk about tucker craft Every single podcast also makes me stop. <laughs> that dude, where he's come, like I'm not joking, where he's come from week one, where he looked like he didn't know who to block. You could see his wheels spinning. That guy moved I was supposed to block. What am I supposed to do now? And then a guy's flying right past him to what he's been doing lately, which is sifting through uh, like everyone on the defensive line and, and finding the linebacker you're supposed to block as everything shifts. And then what he's done with the ball in his hands has been incredible. He, he went from a guy who week one, I mean, really through week five, was kind of a guy who like, is this ever going to click for him? I know it's early, but he showed no improvement. He looks like a dude, man. Like he looks mm-hmm. incredible. Uh, and then defense, I'll probably leave. I'm going to leave Steve's pick for Steve. Um, I'm going to go. I'll go Jonathan Owens because um, he's another guy who looked like he couldn't play. And I think maybe some of this is Savage coming back. When he's been down in the box, his instincts look good. He's been closing better. His tacklings were better. I don't think he's ever going to be like a good coverage guy in space, but he's looked way better, I think, than, than he had early on. So I don't know if that's comfort or just putting him in better positions to succeed, but I've been impressed with, with Owens. And then uh, favorite food snack to have on a snow day. Not a snow day. Wind is blowing in here, but today I made for supper, I made um, a loaded baked potato chowder, which was incredible. Ooh. So I may go that uh, as a change up to chili. And then a snack I'll do. Um, let me take uh, let me take the little kid answer here because I have children. I'll couch it in. This is what they, what they eat, so I eat it too. Uh, I'll do the the vanilla cupcake goldfish crackers, which are incredible. And then I'm going to pair that with some hot cocoa and, and marshmallows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, we will all agree to agree on taking Jaden Reed. I also would go Lucas Van Ness. I just think ceiling wise, that's higher right now. Like he could turn into superstar while Carl Brooks is going to be really, really good player for years to come. I think Lucas Van Ness has that ability to get to Rashawn, maybe Rashawn Gary level. Like that's, he can turn, if he can get some, take some of those skills that he already has and learn and, think that's there so uh most improved i was gonna go as well with tucker craft um just from seeing where he was at the beginning of the year to now and then on defense i think i will take quay walker i mean maybe it's not just the play on the field but the men the i think you if you guys saw the interview we had um this past week talking about his mental like mental growth and that's as much as a that's a huge thing clearly for the kid um from what happened at the end of last year versus where he is mentally now. Like if he didn't get himself right, like you're the, like, is he, because does he become Draymond green on some level of just some crazy ass dude that just can't get his mind right and ends up doing stupid stuff all the time. So um, I think that's who I would say for most improved and then favorite food or snack on a snow day. I mean, I love both of those answers. Um, my first initial thought was actually going to be, um, like a good chicken, like a hearty chicken noodle soup is always a good way to go. But then I thought of the the true answer is a a chicken pot pie. That is just when you come in and it's like the warm, everything's warm and you got the crumbly pie crust and everything like that's perfect off of a off of a snow day. Um, next one, we've got Amelia. What are y'all tweeting to secretly let us know that you've been abducted by aliens? <laughs> Not a Packers question, but fun, and we'll, we will take it. So thank you, Amelia. Sarah, what are you? where are you going to say? 
I, I think there are a few things. If you ever see these tweets from me, um, one would be sports related and it would just say skull. Uh, if you ever saw that, you know, alert the authorities. Um, also, if I ever tweeted, wow, that Chipotle I ate was really good today. That's another one. Um, and then, yeah, I think those would be my two. Um, or, you know, something that's like, I love Jared Leto, even though Jared Leto absolutely <laughs> scares me and I can't even look at him without feeling scared. So those would be my three. If you ever see me tweet those things, please Send contact help. Steve and Dusty uh, so that they can find me. Um, and don't go back looking at my old tweets because I used to eat Chipotle a lot. And so there probably are tweets that I enjoyed Chipotle until they really, really hurt my tummy very badly. And now I will never go back. Uh, mine, I'll just, I'll just do, I'll do a current one. If you see me between now and the beginning of next season saying, you know, I think the bears really need to just cut bait with Justin Fields <laughs> and uh, draft Caleb Williams, number one, overall. Uh, I, th I think that's exactly what they should do. I think the Justin Fields experiment um, has run its course. I think they should just cut him. If you say me say, if you see me saying something like that, that that's that's clearly a red flag. Send send someone for me. Okay, not too bad, not too bad. I was I was waiting for like a personal attack on me, so I'm glad you just decided. To oh yeah, no, Steve. Just... Steve's always yeah. Steve's really smart. <laughs> I think go. Steve is smart Thank and you. handsome. That would be the that's, that's... <laughs> such a dick. <laughs> um, I think mine would mine would probably be that's a great call by the officials. <laughs> <laughs> pretty simple but we'll leave it at that next question we got from Josie do you think Vrabel would entertain being a DC if so would it be good uh, for the Packers also what's your favorite flavored soda so we kind of talked about this a little bit but you know we'll just kind of run in depth Dusty we'll start with you on this one but um, what do you think I know you kind of answered it before but there, I'd say there's a chance if no one's interested that he would entertain being DC for a year but I don't think that's what he's like. That's going to be far down the line. He's looking for a head coaching job as well. He should. He's proven to be a very good, good head you, coach. And do you think that would be a good idea for the Packers knowing like he'd be there for like one year and that's it? It depends on where you think their window is really. Because if you think like, listen, this offense is better than we thought. Now we can compete yeah. for Super Bowl next year. All we need is a good defense. We need one year out of this dude. Absolutely. It depends on how they view themselves. I mm. personally, I think yes, because I mean, what's the alternative is getting a dude who's like, I think I think I just saw Jim Leonard just to throw this out. Jim Leonard, I think, is looking. Yeah, I think he is looking to take a job on Colorado staff with Dion. I saw that this past week, so he may be out. But maybe you get a guy like, you know, Evero, who's a guy that we've all been excited about. Well, he's been in head coaching opportunities before, or he's been like head co coaching interviews and stuff. Like, how long do you have a guy who's a very good DC? There's a chance he gets hired away anyway. So sure. I think you, my I think you take the good DC, you take the guy who's a proven good DC, and if he leaves, that's that's a problem for another year. But uh, favorite flavored soda? I didn't really know what this meant. If this was just we kind of talked about this, if this was like any soda or a soda of a specific flavor, I'm gonna go. I'll go a local one, uh, which is just it's called L81. It's kind of a ginger ale ish type of drink that's uh, produced here in Kentucky. They don't distribute too far, and so that's that's my go-to. I don't really drink a lot these days, uh, but when I do, especially if it's like a summer day, it's very refreshing. That'll be that'll be my pick. And for me, I already talked about it. I don't think it, this is something that he's going to do. I just feel like he's too good of a head coach and he's still a good head coach and he's not old enough or late in his career yet where maybe he'd say, yeah, I'll just take a coordinator job. I think he's a head coach guy. 
Um, for me, I'm not a big soda drinker, but I love ginger ale. Um, just a very simple, you know, Seagram's is personally, if you're going to just buy it from the store, it's my favorite. I don't know why, but when it comes in the little glass bottles, it tastes even better for some reason. Um, so that would definitely be my answer. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you guys. I don't think he's coming here at all. That's just not an option. Uh, and as far as flavored soda, uh, locally around here, Sprecher has, uh, some black bear soda is what they call it. And they have a black cherry which is really, really good. So just like a straight up flavored soda, that's always a really good one that I enjoy. Um, next question, Jacob Lewick. What are your thoughts on Bo Melton? And do you think the Packers should add to the wide receiver room in this year's draft? Food question, what is the best breakfast food? So outstanding, bringing it heavy on both levels. But Sarah, we're going to start with you on this one with, with Bo Melton. Yeah, I mentioned it before. I think Bo Melton could be a future guy for the Packers. Uh, sort of reminds me of Alan Lazard, just somebody that they were able to find uh, in the middle of the season who's kind of bounced around. And then they said, okay, let's see what this guy's got. and We'll give him a shot. There were injuries, so he had to end up playing in the game and then ended up being you know, a, a regular target for the quarterback in Green Bay. So kind of remind me of that situation. but Slightly faster than Lazard, though, just a yeah. little bit. I'm just saying the situation more than anything, not necessarily the player. I gotcha. um, but really like what I'm seeing. Uh, Steve, you know, you mentioned the speed, but I think the hands and the strength there and to be able to go up and, and bring down some of these contested catches has been really impressive. Um, and as far as the draft next year, do I think that they should add to the wide receiver room? Sure. If there's a guy that that is available um, and they want to make this young group even younger with maybe another you know, speedy player that that can really add to the creativity of this offense, then I am not opposed to it. Um, again, this is still a very young wide receiver group, um, and I don't think it hurts to bring in one more guy that is also young. And, you know, what I really like about this Packers team right now is, you know, before, you know, years ago, there was Devontae Adams. And last year, there was um, the Rodgers guys, you know, <laughs> Lazard and somehow Randall Cobb and the guys that he would just go to regularly and trust. And this year it was a clean slate. You know, Jordan Love didn't really have one guy. People thought it would be Christian Watson. Christian Watson has been injured for much of the year. So all these guys basically said, I have a shot to be the number one guy. There really isn't a number one guy. And every week somebody's doing something different. Um, and I think that presents a really good opportunity for somebody else to come in and maybe be a more definite number one. Uh, so I'd really be curious, but I think it does just depend on, on how the boards fall on draft day as well. And then what's the best breakfast food for me personally? I love a good bacon, egg and cheese, uh, bagel sandwich with a little bit of cream cheese on the bottom, like a smear of cream cheese. If there's a chives and onion cream cheese, that's usually the best one. And then a drizzle of hot honey sauce. Very, very good. There's a local Damn. bagel shop by my parents that sells that exact bagel, and I get it every single time. Okay. I like it. Uh, for me, I love Bill Melton. Like, he's been kind of an intriguing guy since they brought him on. Was that last year? I think they brought him on. Uh, yeah, he's he's shown some really cool stuff. Had some really nice end arounds this past game. Uh, good hands. Seems to be a pretty good route runner. Good speed. Really big fan of that guy. Who knows what happens, uh, you know, when, when Watson's back and that room gets a little healthier. But when he's been out there, he's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, as far as if they should draft a wide receiver, I love 
I love the Steelers approach to this, which is pretty much every year they're drafting a receiver round two or round three, because you never know what's going to happen with these guys. I mean, you look at the room now, but it's Watson, Dobbs, Reed, Heath, Wicks, Melton. Uh, you look at kind of who they who they have at the moment. You don't know how so that's that six. How's this going to go? Is Watson ever going to be able to stay healthy for a full year? Dobbs has had issues with his hands. I know he'll make some strong catches, but he will also drop his fair share as well. It seems like every week he's he dropping at least up one. Too. Gets gets dinged up. Gets dinged up. Reed looks like a dude. He's been getting dinged up, and he's a little on the smaller side. How's that going to play out? Like you just he looks fine as far as what he is. So there's always this kind of this looks good now. How does this look next year if you get injured or some of these guys dip in their production a little bit? So I'm of the mind, you're, I mean, wide receiver position especially, always look to improve. Every year, draft a guy, second or third round. If he doesn't shake out, like then don't be afraid to cut bait if he doesn't. If he looks bad. But if he doesn't shake out, he doesn't shake out. But you always look to add guys to that room. Is is I love the way the Steelers do that. And they've come – I mean, it seems like since Tomlin's been there, the Steelers have, regardless of all the, some of the problems the Steelers have had, they've always got receivers, dude. Like they've always got exciting guys who can catch the ball. So I absolutely love that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, as far as breakfast food, I love um, just give me like a ham and cheese omelet with uh, with some maybe some hot peppers, throw some hot sauce on top of that, and then uh, and some crispy bacon, a cup of coffee. Then I'm just just absolutely happy. You vanilla mf'er man. <laughs> I love it, man. Listen, listen. I don't want to get into all of it because I, I will. I do like spicing that up a bit more. Like, there's more I will do to an omelet, but if you just give me that simple, I'll take it. Interesting. Okay. All right. That's that's you, dude. That's you. Um. I mean, I love Bo Melton. He's he's really cool. Like, that's that is a that is a dude that is making some good plays. He is exciting. Like, yeah. Some of the throws that Jordan Love has made and that he's actually come down with, I sat there. I was like, where has this guy been? Like, how is he on practice squads? And nobody was like, this is a guy. Like, he is legit a guy that can contribute. So, I mean, love that the Packers grabbed him and and signed him now to the active roster. Should be should be part of the team for next year. And, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with Dusty, man. Give Jordan Love as many playmakers as humanly possible keep bringing in like go back to the Ted Thompson ways of yeah like second third round getting wide receivers bringing them in are we really gonna our Packers fans really gonna be complaining like oh we have too many really good wide receivers that's such a like how are we gonna get them all into the game like that's not a problem to worry about that is not a problem to worry about you'll figure that rotation out and and get everybody involved but if you can have all this high quality talent around him man you you absolutely have to continue to do that um, and like Sarah said, like you don't want to get to a point where it was Devontae Adams and then the fall off is so far to the next receiver. Not you want all these guys competing against each other and like like they have right now. Like they've got high quality talent on multiple spots that do multiple different things. Like that's exactly what you want. And then yeah, add to it for sure. And best breakfast food, I would say Give me a breakfast burrito. That is my all-time favorite. I will get that pretty much every time. You know, good chorizo and some steak in there and then some potatoes and egg and guacamole or avocados and hot sauce. Man, I am, I'm in heaven every single time. Next question is from Archie. Grew up in Wisconsin. My family are Packers fans, but I didn't really start watching football until 2020. What should I know about the history of the Packers versus the Cowboys? I know the coach stuff, but it feels like there's a lot between these teams that folks are implying that I don't know. 
So, Dusty, we're going to have you kind of spearhead this one. Sarah and I will jump in with comments if we have them. So it's a long answer. Um, we're, we'll hit bullet points. So we're, we'll just say, okay, 1967 Ice Bowl. That was a big one. That was like a lot. A lot of that was before the Super Bowl. Um, that was a lot of uh, a lot of kind of history between those teams at that time. But that's one of the coldest games played. I think still maybe this the coldest game ever played. There's a bunch of lore around that. The full game does not exist, but you can find highlights of it along with players talking about it. Uh, concluded in the famous uh, Bart Starr sneak, which is a whole bunch around that. So that was uh, one of, I mean, listen, if you want to know about old Packers, old Cowboys, it was so cold Packers, no timeouts, touchdown to win it, field goal to tie it. Bart Starr goes to the sideline. The Barty says, run the ball and get the hell out of here. Uh, Cause they don't want to stay there any longer. Sneak the ball when, if they don't get it, they lose the game. Uh, so that's, that's kind of the start of it. Six, seven ice bowl. We're not going to go through all of the years between. We'll go. We'll go to the '90s. We're going to hit the '90s because for a lot of modern fans, this is where it picks up, right? Ton of epic battles for me, Steve, and I'll let you run with this a little bit more because I know there's some stuff with those with those triplets. For me, what I think of is the Packers going into a Thanksgiving Day game against Jason Garrett, who was at the time I think the third string quarterback because mm-hmm. Aikman was injured. I can't remember who the backup was at the time. He was injured as well, and thinking. All right, man, Packers got this. Cowboys have been beating up on the Packers. Packers have got this. What happened was Jason Garrett threw four touchdowns. He basically was just throwing jump balls to Alvin Harper, who had a <laughs> career day that was just leaping over every single other person. And that was, that was to me, indicative of Packers versus Cowboys in the 90s. Is Packers got a chance in this one, no matter how good the Packers were. Packers got a chance to win this one, and the Cowboys just housing them by some other method. Steve, what do you have on Cowboys-Packers 90s? You know, early Packers, Cowboys 90s is Michael Irvin bitch slapping people in the head uh, and running right past them. And even Dusty, like the other thing I would always remember is like you'd always see he had these huge white gloves that Mm -hmm. were always on to catch the ball. And like he would, the last thing you would see is it would be him shoving the cornerback out of the way, (laughs) then catching the ball. And then he would be, he would be complaining that he got tackled too hard. Like, it was OPI. Like, dude, Every single yeah. play, I swear to God, it was OPI. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it took them like three years before they finally were like, eh, Michael, you can't start. You can't slap people in the head anymore. The people are complaining enough that you got to stop. League's gone soft, head. Steve. League's yeah, gone soft. I know. <laughs> I miss the good old days, Dusty. <laughs> no, but I mean, it was like early on, man. That was just, that was Troy Aikman. That was Evan Smith. That was Michael Irvin just dismantling the Packers every time. That was like, that was just a team that they couldn't beat. They couldn't beat them no matter what happened, no matter who the team was for the Packers. Like, this is the year. They, they've they got a really good chance. And then it was like, boom. You're like, oh, okay. This is going to happen again. Yeah. my To close out the 90s, my thought on the 90s is always, we were talking about this ahead of time. If you meet a Cowboys fan who was alive during that time and you say you're a Packers fan, it's almost guaranteed at least one of them will say something about like, your 96 Super Bowl is illegitimate because you'd have to go through the Cowboys to get there. Like that's that is that is a point with Cowboys fans because that was what nine the ninety five the year before Packers had a good chance and the Cowboys just dismantled them so they don't view it as a real Super Bowl because they did well you know Cowboys probably should have won more games to get to the championship game is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're gonna fast forward now to the two thousands and I'll just I've got two. This is because it's been really since Rogers came out, man. It's been a string of dominance and some ridiculously memorable games. So I will go. I've got two games. Got Des caught it 
which is a 2014 game uh, that, listen, my point on this is always oh, that Dez was... didn't catch it. Des didn't catch it. Well, I call it Des caught it because that's how this, this argument always starts. Is like, okay, first of all, by the rule, no, he didn't. Sam Shields knocks that ball and pops that mm-hmm. sucker out. Uh, even if they didn't, Rodgers was on an all-time heater in that game. There was four minutes left in the game. If the Cowboys score, Packers win that one anyway. But that was, I think, third and long or fourth and long bomb to Des, he drops it Packers win in 2014 and then there's no game played the next week for reasons we're not discussing here and then the other one is 2016 <laughs> where they went into Dallas uh the first that game was played in Green Bay went into Dallas Cowboys and Packers were up early Cowboys felt good about that game they thought they were going to come in and win they was it was at home and then Rodgers on third and 20 hits Jared Cook and then, uh, and then Mason Crosby oh, hits a field goal that I that I swear look like. Uh, I think to this day, there's conspiracy theories about uh, there's a remote control in the ball that steered that sucker <laughs> back in because the league wanted the Packers to win that game. But those are my two games. So when the '90s, the Cowboys owned the Packers. To Rogers stepped in. It's been pretty much dominance over there. Steve, Sarah, what do you got on on kind of recent recent Cowboys Packers? What are some thoughts you got on that? Sarah, why don't you go first? I guess since Steve talked for the last one. Yeah, I mean, the the Cook play is obviously memorable. Um, I remember I uh, was it was my freshman year of college and my mom had come to visit me for the weekend and we went to a Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the game yeah. uh, because I didn't get the game in my dorm room. And <laughs> there was so many people watching the game. And so it was on one of those big projectors. And when he made that throw and the catch, we couldn't tell at first, did he really catch that ball or both of his feet in? And then they zoom in. And I just remember there being Cowboys fans at the Buffalo Wild Wings and they just were beside themselves. And then, you know, the field goal happens and I'm like, is it going to go in? Is it not? So, so that's a fun memory. I know there, um, I can't remember what year it was, but no, it was obviously recently, but you know, there was a walk-off touchdown with Devonte Adams as well, where he kind of walks off and waves then to the crowd. Um, so that one definitely memorable. And then, you know, the Aaron Jones wave, we, we oh, can't that forget that when that Aaron Jones re- returned his home state of Texas. And I think he scored three touchdowns in that game and on his way. Three or four. Yeah. yeah it was ridiculous. And, you know, he gave that little, Bye-bye as he ran into the end zone. Um, would love to see best, that again. Best 15-yard penalty ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that he is just hoping and praying he can do that again this weekend. Um, but that's definitely one. And then, of course, just the memes. You know, you talked about Des caught it or didn't catch it. But, you know, then there's the one of the guy who's in the stands during that Rodgers game to cook and oh. – He's like, oh, they're already cheering and there's too much time left. They didn't, you know, they left too much time. And he he has that Snapchat photo that's time stamped. And then, you know, a mere two minutes later, the game is over and the Packers have won. So it's definitely a historic, um, memeable rivalry. And the fact that McCarthy is there now is just an added layer to this already blooming onion um and i'm really excited to see how that okay that's uh ever heard a football game compared to a blooming a onion? delicious rivalry <laughs> <laughs> just dip that in some ranch sauce you're good to go uh, speaking of memes though i still um one of my favorites is uh 
was a, it was one of the games the Cowboys played at Lambeau when Romo threw like multiple perplexing interceptions and uh, it was right at the end of the game. And then the, the meme started coming out and said, after the game, Tony Romo threw his helmet. That too was intercepted. That was still <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> Next question. We got Ed stack uh, bring in the heat with this one. My friend, how does a Cowboy defense backfield stack up against the Packers wide receivers? And his food question, your best friend got a Gulf Stream for Christmas and will jet you away to lunch. Do you want lobster in Maine, cheesesteak in Philly, Cajun feast in New Orleans, barbecue in Texas, or someplace else? So, Dusty, let's start with you. How does this defense stack up against the Packers wide receivers? Ed Stack is asking how the defense will stack up. Can we get her out of here? Oh, wow. Can we get her out of here, Sarah? She's hung out with us too much that she's now officially using dad I'm jokes. I'm sorry, Sarah. You're oh breaking up. I can't God. hear you. I'm so sorry. Your mic's cutting out. I'm going to have to cut you. I'm, I really apologize. Ooh, wow. Uh, all right. Cowboys defensive back backfield. Uh, I mean, they got a good – they got a pretty good backfield. There's a couple question marks. I'll say so Deron Bland has had a very good year. What, nine picks? I think three pick sixes this year, three or four pick sixes, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he has like six pick sixes, doesn't he? I don't – think so i thought he had four i might be wrong look it up i'm talking i guess i'll look but he's he's had a he's had a good year but he can be a little aggressive he's a little spotty in cover so there's some games where he looks tremendous and other games he'll be a little aggressive he might bite on first move so you can get him from time to time with a double move that's something to watch out for for him um i go to stefan gilmore who kind of had i mean has been one of the better corners in the league for the past seven years or something like that he's battled some injuries had a down year here and there he's been tremendous this year now the big thing with gilmore uh, he's very good man coverage, so expect maybe some man coverage. Who maybe he'll follow someone. I don't know. Uh, but the thing with him, he injured his shoulder this past week uh, in that game against uh, the Commanders. He he did not come back in the game. He told McCarthy after the game that uh, he said, "I'll be good to go. I'm ready." But that's something to keep an eye on. He's a very good cover corner. He's very good for that defense. Willing tackler, like just a tremendous player. But he might be favoring that shoulder a little bit, which might tie into it. And then the other one, if we just look at nickel stuff, will be uh, Jordan Lewis who he's very good as a run defender, so good in the slot for that. He'll knife in and do some stuff. Listen, PFF grades, take him with a grain of salt. I get all that. That being said, a lot of times I find them to kind of mirror my own thoughts on this stuff. So if you go by PFF grades in coverage, Jordan Lewis this year, 123rd out of 127 cornerbacks. Not good in coverage. The way the floor likes to move stuff around, mix, mix who's mix who's up in the slot, do stuff with motion, all that stuff. I think they're going to target Lewis and someone's linebacking core a lot. And so, you know, Bland and and Gilmore on the outside, very good, but they are susceptible um, with with that kind of slot corner. Then if you if you mix that in as well as passing off stuff in the linebackers, I think they're susceptible there. But I think they match up well overall. But there is that one very big weakness there, and then also we'll look at to see how Gilmore does. Um, and then best friend got a golf stream for Christmas. I will go just with an answer is already here because I'm lazy. Um, I've never been to New Orleans, but I love Cajun food. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take that flight to New Orleans. Uh, you know, maybe see the sights a little when I'm down there. I don't know if I just have to go down for lunch, but I want to get me some New Orleans Cajun food. And then my 1B answer, one of the best, one of the, like one of my all-time favorite lunches was a lobster roll on the coast of Maine. Just an absolute tremendous lunch. So if I could, if I could recreate that, I'll take it. But number one with a bullet. I'm going to go to New Orleans and get some Cajun food because that's something I'd, I've always wanted to do. I will tell you if you go, if you ever do go to New Orleans, char broiled oysters. I, I've heard, I've heard that. Yes, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. Sarah, um, what about you? 
Well, I'll just skip to the second part. I feel like Dusty gave the the smart answer for the first part, and I don't <laughs> want to embarrass myself. Um, but um, if my best friend got a Gulfstream for Christmas, I think I'm going to go for the lobster in Maine. Um, I have pretty much had everything else. Contrary to Dusty's opinion, I'm not a huge Cajun fan, um, but... I would love to try a nice lobster roll um, right on the coast. Beautiful view. That just sounds absolutely marvelous. Never been there. I've heard it's beautiful during the summer and springtime and would love to check it out. Well, this is fun. We're going to, we're all going to have different answers for this one. Cause I would go to Texas in a heartbeat. I would get all the, uh, like I was trying to think of how to say this, like a funny joke to say in my head, but like, I don't want to start using other words and then say smoked meats and all sorts of stuff. So uh, in fear of what you two would say to me. So I will just say I would go to Texas. Yeah. Barbecue all day long. Like there's so many places there that are famous for their barbecue that I would, I would go there and I would probably tell my best friend like, well, let's stay for like a week. We, we got to hit up a couple different places, find all the good stuff. So um, I would love to do that. Next question. Uh, we have Matt Pickett here, and uh, we all love Matt. He's got uh, he's on Hey We Like Your Pod and does a wonderful job there with Don. But I think we've officially we we've tapped Matt out. He's run out of <laughs> of like awesome he's, questions. We've reached the end. We reached yeah, the end. It's the end of the regular season. Matt's like, man, I just now I have to come up with another question because um, <laughs> now that uh, we're at the end of the regular season, which game was your favorite and why? So I mean. Good question, but still a little on the generic side. And then Matt comes with the heavy hitter. Which food is your favorite and why? So Matt knows I'm joking with him, but uh, still still a good question. So uh, Sarah, we'll start with you. Which was your favorite game of the year? I think my favorite game this season was the Chiefs game. Um, and that was because it was a game I really did not think the Packers were going to win. It was after that rut that Steve and I jinxed them and forced them to go into. No, that and was you. That was you. That wasn't me. Yeah, okay. All right. That I forced <laughs> them to it. go into. You admitted it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't really want to. <laughs> um, but anyway, and you know, you always just think the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and their defense looks really good this year. You know, this is going to be a tough game. Uh, prime time, all the lights are on them. It just felt like a setup that the Packers could get embarrassed and the complete opposite happened. And I think that's really the moment that this thing, you know, obviously there were bumps in the road after, uh, but that was the moment where all of us took a step back and went, oh shoot, this team could could actually be something. We're seeing potential here. Joe Barry's defense, believe it or not, is, is actually pulling through at times. And th- they seem to be figuring this thing out. And that was just, a lot of fun to watch. You know, the primetime games are always great, but that one just had a little something special. And I think it's something I'll, I'll remember for a long time. Um, and then my favorite food, I, I've been on the record. It, it's soup. I love soup. All soups today, actually, one of my coworkers, um, or yesterday when you're listening to this, they had made a big pot of soup at home and they brought extra for work and specifically told me that there was extra soup in the fridge, um, which is like the nicest thing you could possibly do for me because I love soup <laughs> that much. What um, kind of soup was it? Uh, it was a like a uh, copycat recipe of the, uh, what is it? The Zupa Toscana that's at Olive Garden, but it was way better oh. because it was homemade and not, you know, Potentially from the microwave or a package or whatever they make their soup. Sorry, in. did I offend you there, sir? Is that one of you? Is that like right below Cheesecake no, Factory? No. Their breadsticks, Steve. The, <laughs> mm, the best. Chef's kiss to the breadsticks. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't mind the breadsticks. I love soup <laughs> all year, good. year round. Even in Florida, when it's a hundred degrees, I'm eating soup. Okay. Uh, I will go. The Chiefs game was high for me. I'm going to go Saints game. Um, I went to that yeah. game, just an absolutely bonkers game. And that was, you know, they won that Bears game week one. Week two was that loss to the Falcons, that kind of ugly loss. And then that first three quarters of that Saints game were just so ugly. That comeback was insane. Being in the stands for that was incredible. I'm also, I'm partially picking that because I got, I met uh, Matt Pickett before the game, the day before the game, we hung out and had a couple of beers, which was awesome. But uh, there's a lot of games to choose from. Um, but I will go Saints. And then which. Which foods of everyone? First of all, before I get to my food, I picture you know the movies when like they go to a bar like give me a beer please. I imagine Sarah just going to a restaurant going soup. Like what kind of soup? She was just just soup, sir. Your finest soup. It doesn't matter what kind. Sarah just will order generic soup. I don't discriminate against my soups. So. Just put wanna, them all in one bowl. It'll be. Do you want to hear It'll what kind fine. of soup? No, I don't. No, just give me a soup, please. One soup. One soup for me. Um, which food is my favorite? It shifts, man. It used to be fried chicken. I'll still devour some fried chicken. I will go at the moment. Um, just current obsession. We've talked about it here on the show before. If I just think about a birria taco, I'm Googling the closest place I can get a birria taco. So, so that that will be my answer for now. Maybe that'll change. But for now, like, I forget they exist. And I think about them like, do I have time before this call to run out and, and get some? Uh, so that's, that's, that's my current one, I think. I just like I love them so much, but the place the the best place in Milwaukee that's got them, it's twenty bucks for three tacos and a they soda. Are, they are expensive, yeah. I mean, I, and that's why it's like it's one of my you know if I get a win in my sales job or you know I've got something just kind of sell. Like, all right, I can go get myself some beer tacos. I like but. once every two months, I'll treat myself. Yeah, exactly. It's Friday. I've had a rough couple of weeks. I'm gonna go <laughs> ahead and get some beer tacos. I mean, you feel great after eating them. So. Oh my gosh. Just take a nap. Just take a big, long nap. Uh, I think my favorite game of the season probably was New Year's Eve on um, the Vikings. Like, that was just – it felt like the coming out party. Like, you know, it was back and forth, back and forth of good, bad, good, bad. And then this was – we're going to put our foot on your throat and we're going to show everybody who's watching that we're the, be- we're the better team here. And it was just – it was just so much fun to watch that team play. Like the offensive defense, everybody was clicking. It was just a, a super fun game to watch. So that was my favorite. And then my favorite food, it's it's always has been, always will be pizza. All different versions, all different styles, whatever it is. Thin crust, thick crust, Detroit style, Chicago style. Um, I, that's still my go-to favorite. Um, I've still, Dusty, I've still yet to find a place that is offering a pine, a slice of pineapple pizza. So I've still yet to try that. Really? It's still on my, anywhere You've I go. Never I've never had pineapple on pizza. That's oh. insane. And I've what? told, I've, I've talked about this in the past. Like, I don't want to order one like by myself. Like, I don't want to order one. And then if I don't like it, then I've wasted a whole pizza. And they don't sell them in the frozen section of like pineapple. No, and, and you pizza. can't do that for like the first time. No. You need to get a real Hawaiian pizza that has so ham, I told them like bacon. I would just uh, like any. I would try it if I was around. Like you know, there's a pizza buffet and there's a Hawaiian one. Like I would try that. I've never seen one and been able to try it. Wow. That's surprising. There's a local restaurant here and it's really the only place that I'll eat pineapple on pizza because they have this Hawaiian pizza that is just absolutely incredible. It has a teriyaki sauce instead of a tomato sauce too. It is so good. It's like bacon, ham, pineapple, the teriyaki sauce. 
10 out of 10. I think you would love it. Okay. I mean, again, I'm open to trying it at some point. So guys, that's going to wrap it up for us. We've uh, had a lot of fun. We're, we're excited to, to see this game in Dallas, but before we get going, we'll do a couple of final thoughts. So uh, Dusty, let's start with you. We got some, Articles, videos, what do you got for us? I do. I got a few things running around. So yesterday over Pack Report, I wrote about uh, canned calls, uh, which I've wrote about a couple of times. It's the idea of calling two plays in the huddle, and then you get rid of one of them, depending on what the look is. So looked at one that was a failure this past week that lo- ended up in the love fumble, and then looked at one that worked. And so I kind of talked through the mechanisms of that and how that looks and blah, 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 blah. Uh, today at Cheesehead TV, I'll have the passing game stuff, and then that concept I mentioned earlier, that, that play-action boot stuff, that kind of that new way to run that. Uh, that'll be up. I've got three examples of that. Hopefully, we'll be writing that soon. I've got the intro done, but nothing else. So I got to get on that. Uh, Packers playbook with Kuhn. Usually do that. That would have been out yesterday, but I had some hiccups. So probably tomorrow. Just too much stuff going on today. So we're gonna have some stuff. Probably run game stuff on that. I'm really excited about that. The run game did some really nice stuff this week. So looking forward to digging into that. And then last up is just this weekend. I'll be uh, watching stuff with uh, Aaron Alice and Monty Moore. We watched. The 2015 Fantastic Four, uh, which I'd never seen before, it is it is quite bad, uh, but it's a fun. A good, I think it's going to be a fun conversation. So uh, that's that's all I got. And I mean, really, just on top of everything else, man, I'm just so hyped. I'm just so hyped that this team that has become so fun. Whatever happens on Sunday, we get one more game with them, man. We get one more game with this team with this group, and I'm I'm just can't wait for it. Yeah, it's an exciting time. Um, you know, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I don't think any of us here thought that this is what the feeling was going to be like after week 18. Um, even if, you know, the Packers had a decent season and they didn't make the playoffs um, and we, we saw what we needed to from Jordan Love, I don't think anybody thought this is where this team could go. This is where they're at. And it's just awesome. It feels like a totally new start. Uh, new era and that we're fully embracing it and having a lot of fun. Um, and I am really excited for the game on Sunday. I, no matter what happens, I'm just really excited. This was a fun year of football to watch. And I don't know if it's because last year was so up and down and it just felt like it was really hard to watch at times and often exhausting. And this year it was the complete opposite. It was, you never knew what you were going to expect. And when you sat down and put the game on, on Sunday or Monday or Thursday, whenever they played, it was something new. It was something exciting. And, and I'm just really looking forward to what happens next. I think that, you know, I don't want to get delusional, but I'm starting to get delusional about the Packers a little bit. And, (laughs) and, and that's fun. It's fun to have hope. It's fun to be delusional. Um, and we're glad that you've all been along on this ride to to listen with, you know, in on our conversations and be delusional with us and, and have a good time. And, oh, boy, this offseason is going to be nuts. And I can't wait for it because it is going to be weird, but in good ways um, and, and more fun <laughs> ways rather than stressful and annoying like it has been in the past. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing I've got to say is. Just, just appreciate this. This is just. I know Dusty said house money, and I, ha- I have an over under set at five for that game for the game to how many times that is mentioned during the broadcast. Um, because I mean, it's but the fact is, is true. It's absolutely true. This is the whole season was meant to see if Jordan Love could be the guy. The Packers find out he absolutely is the guy, 
and led the youngest team in the NFL history to the playoffs. Like, that's just exciting. Appreciate this fact. Win, lose, doesn't like this. That that doesn't matter at this point. This has just been unbelievably fun. This team is is exciting, and and the future is so bright for them right now. So, um, and then the the other thing I saw was. Out of the 14 playoff teams, the the Packers have the most draft capital this year and the fewest free agents. That's insane. so good gracious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So exciting times in Green Bay. Uh, should be a, a really fun game to watch. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. That's at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher, for at Steve Perhatch, and at Packaday Podcast. We will be back next week talking about who knows what, but we will be here. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Pack Go.